You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Good morning, Calvary Church. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Michael, and I'm the Connections Pastor here at Calvary. And two quick thoughts on the middle of uh, those interviews and child dedications. One is uh, Pastor Nick and Leah had the same birthday on Friday, but uh, she wasn't 40. (laughs) And uh, second, uh, Pastor Sharon, don't tell Ron about the the fishing outside. He might skip out on kids' church this morning to to come fishing. But super excited to to be here this morning. Uh, We are continuing our series uh, we have entitled called Becoming, where we are looking at Focusing on what we're becoming, not simply where you're going. And in culture today, we are so focused on our destination that even in the midst of going where we are going, we are losing who we are becoming. In these next five weeks of September, we're going to be looking at who we are becoming. And through this series, we're going to walk through our values as a church. Over the last year, uh, we've reevaluated and kind of reassessed what is uh, important and what is also valuable to us as a church. And we came up with five values. And it's start, which we looked at last week. We start by seeking God through his word and his spirit, or by God's word and God's presence. And today, we're going to be looking at the value, uh, or a better way to put it is we are going to be looking at a habit. Um, Habits are uh, really uh, indicative of the culture in which they are placed. Uh, We are looking at a habit of grow today. And we believe at Calvary Church that we grow best in the context of relationships. And the calendar just turned January 2017. And for most of us around the the New Year's, I had a New Year's resolution that year in January of 2017. My New Year's resolution wasn't to eat healthier. It wasn't to dress better, although I I dressed pretty well, uh, I think. But uh, it wasn't to dress better. It wasn't to read an X amount of books in a calendar year. It wasn't to listen to an X amount of podcasts in a year. It wasn't any of those things. I believe that I picked or kind of landed on one of the most common New Year's resolutions that us as Americans pick, and it was to join a gym. <laughs> so that year, I joined Planet Fitness. For the first couple of months, I went consistently and spent about an hour on a piece of cardio equipment. It doesn't, I mean, it seems like a lot an hour, but uh, it's not a lot. I really just spent a, a bunch of time on an upright bike, really on my phone, to be really honest. But uh, I was consistent in going. I had all the ambition in the world not to gain muscle, not to enter bodybuilding competitions, none of that. My goal was to just lose 10 to 15 pounds just to get in shape, to get cardio back, and to just feel healthier. And again, I was consistent with going weekly. I was consistent with texting a few friends to hold me accountable in my workouts, but I noticed something a few weeks into my journey of joining a gym that maybe most of us have noticed um, embarking on a New Year's resolution or joining a gym or starting something uh, that might be difficult. Uh, I was losing motivation. I was losing motivation. All the excitement that I had when I went and signed up for the first time, when they took my picture for 
Planet Fitness. Even when I paid the fee to register for Planet Fitness, through the whole process, I was excited. I had all the expectations of losing weight. I had all the anticipation of what I would feel like months into this journey. Again, I was expecting to get into shape like I was in high school. I was expecting to have the cardio like I did when I played basketball growing up. I was expecting and anticipating so much. But just like most of us, when we start something that is, again, a a little bit more difficult, if we're really honest, our dedication and our commitment sometimes falls by the wayside, sometimes falls, and if we're really honest, sometimes we really just quit. And why is that? Why do we have all this anticipation? Why do we have all this expectation? Why do we have all this gusto about doing something very specific to make us a better human being, to make us healthier, but we don't follow through with it? I believe that I lost my drive, I lost my expectation, I lost my anticipation of going to the gym for one simple fact and one simple fact only. I was by myself. I didn't have anybody alongside of me to encourage me, to show me that I'm doing the right exercise, to show me that I was picking the right amount of weight, to show me that I wasn't doing the right exercise or I had the wrong form that I might hurt myself. Whatever the case may be, I was alone in this journey of going to the gym. And maybe you're here today, and maybe you started something. Maybe like me, you started going to the gym. Maybe you started a goal to read an X amount of books in a calendar year or listen to podcasts or to eat healthy. Or maybe you started this journey of following Christ today. Or maybe, just maybe, you can't seem to gain traction with anything that you do. Whatever the case may be, we know these simple facts, that we know going to the gym and eating healthy leads us to become healthier. But why do we stop? We know that Reading books and listening to podcasts typically, for the most part, allows us to gain wisdom and knowledge of of people that are previous to us that might be a little bit wiser than us, but we stop. And we know that following Jesus is so eternally rewarding, but sometimes can be difficult. But why do we stop if we know the rewards outweigh the difficulties? I believe we stop going to the gym or reading books or, or anything that we do in life and even maybe plateau in our faith and our walk with Jesus is because we're doing it alone. And I'm completely guilty of this. I haven't stepped foot, being really transparent, I haven't stepped foot into a gym since 2017 since I registered for Planet Fitness. That's four years. And by the way, I'm still paying on that gym membership. (laughs) If you guys can text me, email me to remind me to cancel that membership, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Preparing for today preparing for this message, preparing really for this series that we value so much as a church, a truth hit me. We can only grow to a certain capacity without the help of others. Again, we can only grow to a certain capacity without the help of others. And maybe you hit your limit at work. Maybe you hit your limit at home. Maybe you hit your limit in your walk with Jesus and you're at your own capacity And you can't seem to grow anymore. And maybe, just maybe, today, this morning, you need to find someone who's just a few steps ahead of you in life to come alongside of you and help you grow. Maybe there are a few promotions above you at work and you can just glean wisdom of how they got there. Maybe you know somebody who's dedicated to eating healthy, to going to the gym. Ask them to hold you accountable. 
Maybe you have a relationship with somebody that is smarter than you or wiser than you in a, in a particular area that you want to grow in and learn. Ask them questions, sit with them, just pick their brain. And maybe you're a new parent and you're connected to a family at the church and they have a few kids and they're going to help you alongside this journey of parenthood. Or lastly, maybe you're new to Christianity and this journey of following Christ and you see somebody that has been following Jesus for years. Typically, side note, FYI, um, look for somebody that's wise and typically that's a, a little um, indicator of either gray hair or white hair. You can kind of look for that and kind of spot that. That just shows life experience in maturity. But just ask them questions. Anybody that's a few steps ahead of you in life, ask them questions. And scripture speaks of this very idea that growth happens in the context of relationships. And this morning, for just a few brief moments, we're going to be in the New Testament. We're actually going to be in the book of Acts, which is the fifth book of the New Testament. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. Follows the Gospels, the book of Acts. And we're really going to be looking not at particular verses or chapters. We're really going to be looking at a relationship throughout the entirety of the New Testament. Um, we're going to be looking at two prominent people in Scripture, the Apostle Paul and we're in Timothy. And I'm going to be reading uh, out of the ESV in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Just three verses this morning, and uh, hopefully in the next 15 minutes uh, I can unpack this. But Acts 16, 1 through 3 says this, Paul, also, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He, speaking of Timothy, was well spoken of by his brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. In this point in scripture in the book of Acts at chapter 16, the apostle Paul is going on his second missionary journey through Lystra and he encounters a man or disciple named Timothy. And Timothy is the son of a Jewish woman who is a believer and his father is a Greek. In verse 2, I love verse 2, it speaks of who Timothy is and who Timothy was. Verse 2 says this, he, again speaking of Timothy, was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. You see, the Apostle Paul wanted Timothy to join him and Silas on their missionary journey due to one simple fact. In verse 2, what I just read says it. Timothy's reputation. Having a good character was something that the Apostle Paul valued immensely. In fact, after hearing of Timothy's character, after it being revealed to Paul, Paul immediately wanted Timothy to accompany him and Silas on the missionary journey. And from that moment on, Paul became a mentor to Timothy, and Timothy became a protege or a mentee for life and also for ministry. And being a mentor to Timothy, Paul was able to replicate himself through two ways, equipping and empowering Timothy by giving him opportunities to serve to nurture, and eventually to pastor. And vice versa, Timothy was Paul's protege and was able to absorb and witness how Paul lived his life so that when Paul passed away, or even distant 
from Timothy that he was able to carry on the ministry of preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And Paul equipped Timothy. Acts chapter 17, verse 14 says this. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. One of the first challenges that Timothy had under Paul's mentorship was to nurture the young congregation that Paul had established in Berea. Paul, something inside of Timothy, he knew he had potential to be a world changer, and all Timothy needed was just an opportunity to grow. And Paul, being the good mentor to Timothy that he was, gave him an opportunity to exercise that gift. You see, when I was at the gym for those few brief months, I never had somebody to come alongside of me to equip me to say that I was doing the right exercise or the wrong exercise or the wrong weights or the right weights or whatever the case may be. I didn't have anybody. And looking back, reflecting, if I did have somebody, I might actually be getting my money's worth now in 2021 of going to the gym. And Paul also empowered Timothy. Timothy. So Paul equipped, he also empowered Timothy. And by definition, empowerment says this, a cognitive state characterized by a sense of perceived control, competence, and goal internalization. Paul emphasized these components of empowerment towards Timothy by revealing Timothy was called by God to be a minister, serving as an example of what it means to be one of God's workers, and reminding Timothy of his ministerial goals. I'm going to just look at those briefly this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2 says this, and we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ. Paul was very intentional to empower Timothy and remind him that he was called by God to be a minister of the gospel. I love that verse. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, 22 says this, But you know Timothy's proven worth, how a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. And again, Paul is careful to mention Timothy's credentials to various congregations as you see in Philippians chapter two. Paul describes Timothy as one of a kind minister with a focus purely on Jesus Christ. And again, Paul finally embodies what he has been teaching Timothy and it's found in Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. We see a reunion of Paul, Timothy, and Silas where Paul is devoting himself exclusively to preaching and testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. You see, Paul equipped and empowered Timothy to complete the work of the ministry, spreading the gospel message of Christ. And Paul was able to equip and empower Timothy simply because of one truth, that growth happens in the context of relationships. And throughout their relationship through the New Testament, it's a lot to unpack, but if you read Scripture, if you know the New Testament, the Apostle Paul and Timothy had such a vibrant, such a deep relationship throughout all of Scripture. And Timothy went to be, went to be called Paul's true son in the faith. He served as Paul's representative to several churches and was later a pastor in Ephesus. Timothy was also mentioned as being with Paul as he wrote a few of his letters. And those letters include in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, and Philemon. Timothy was able to do all of those things 
because of the investment and the empowerment and the equipping of the Apostle Paul into his life. We might, this is just my opinion, Michael's opinion, uh, we might not know of this of Timothy if Paul never invested in Timothy's life. Paul, I'm sorry, Timothy never would have been at this point in his life, this point in his ministry, if the Apostle Paul never invested into his life. And I say all of this today, we have our values, we have all of our habits, we, we have words and, and lingo. And I say all of this today, one simple fact, the importance and the eternal impact relationships have. They have such an important and eternal impact because you're able to grow out of relationships. And what if we recognize the importance of relationships to the extent of the Apostle Paul and Timothy? How would that play out in your life? How would that play out in your schools? How would that play out in your workplaces? How would that play out in 15642 zip code? Better question, how would that play out in Calvary Church? Can I tell you, our community will look drastically different. Your school, your workplace, your neighborhood, and even Calvary Church would look drastically different if we really grasp the idea that growth happens in the context of relationships like the Apostle Paul and Timothy did. Because, again, growth happens in the context of relationships. And throughout my being full-time at, at Calvary Church since June 1st, I've, I've learned of something uh, called span of care. And if you've never heard of span of care, it, it simply states this, that typically a person can only care for and lead seven to 10 people well. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I have a lot of people around me that I lead and care for, whether I'm a manager or uh, executive at work or a, a position of, of, of leadership. And what I mean by that is you can lead for them and care for them well, not just because your title or your position. What if, what if you had those seven to 10 people that you intentionally led and cared for well? Growth would happen. Growth would happen in your workplace. Growth would happen in your neighborhood. Growth would happen in your school. And growth would happen here right at Calvary Church. You would become their mentor along their life journey. That is what happened to Timothy. Paul became Timothy's mentor. And flipping that, maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you're in a season in your life where you, need to, where you are those seven to 10 people and maybe you need someone to come alongside of you to, to just help you grow. You've maybe reached your capacity. Maybe you've reached your limit. And this past week, our groups launched with this exact heartbeat behind it all. Growth happens in the context of relationships. And groups are an incredible way to build relationships, connect with people who are on the same journey in life that you are and grow what God has gifted you with. And this is my heart for this message and I ask you to just please hear my heart. This message isn't for people to sign up for groups just to increase our numbers. If that was the case, I would honestly just make fake people and just put them in groups. That's not my heart behind this. This is to offer you a next step on your journey with Christ to grow and mature in your faith and then in return invest it in other people. We are not looking for quantity of people. We are looking for quality of relationships. Can I say that again? We are not looking for quantity, the number of people. 
We are looking for quality of relationships. And again, maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you have a lot of wisdom, you have a lot of life experience to pass on to somebody and you've just never been given an opportunity to do that. You've never been given a platform to do that. Or maybe you're here again this morning and you're in a season where maybe you're one of those seven to 10 and you need somebody to come alongside of you and help you grow. Just help you increase your capacity maybe by 5%, 10%, whatever that case may be. And as I was preparing this morning, uh, I was reading uh, just the three verses again in the book of Acts. Acts 16, one through three. This is not in my notes. This is just a, a thought that I had. If you read just those three verses, the Apostle Paul is on a, a second missionary journey through Lystra. He was probably a very busy man. Very busy. He probably had so much going on in his calendar and his schedule that he probably didn't have time to stop and really invest in Timothy. But he did anyways. If you read those three verses, the Apostle Paul, upon hearing of Timothy's character and hearing who Timothy was, upon hearing, hearing those words, he put it to action. The Apostle Paul chose to invest, empower, equip Timothy. And this morning, uh, I'm going to just have a bold ask. If you have your cell phone devices with you, can you pull it out? And if you have an internet browser with you, whether it's Google Chrome, whether it's your your built-in browser, and maybe you're here today again, maybe you feel like you haven't been given a platform, maybe you haven't been given an opportunity to invest in other people the way that you feel God has called you to invest in people. Or maybe you just need somebody to, to help you grow in the season of life that you're in. Can you go to, to connect.calvaryr1.com? And when you're there, you're going to go on the Connect homepage. You're going to see the, the very top where it says Connect. You're going to scroll down a little bit. You're going to see Weekly Update. I'm new, committing to Jesus, and then Groups. Groups are just a a byproduct of what we believe. And they happen simply because of that. We believe that we grow best in the context of relationships. And at Calvary Church, we have a few groups. We have a different style, structure of groups. We have catalyst groups that meet here on Wednesday nights at 7 to 8.30, where they are led by a few of our staff. And it's just a deeper dive into scripture, a particular subject, But the first five weeks of September, just as the church, just as children's ministry and and Pastor Ron is and Rosemary and youth, we're actually walking through the Becoming series in groups. It's just a deeper dive into this month for the first five weeks. We have connect groups throughout the church that meet throughout the week, whether you're in a particular season of your life, they meet here sometimes at the church, they meet throughout the week, they meet at local businesses, uh, again, throughout the week. We have care groups that meet specific needs in specific seasons of your life. We have such an incredible opportunity to invest in the next generation in Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries. Side note, that is the next generation of business. 
That is the next generation of the church. That is the next generation of culture. That is the next generation in every facet of our society. And you can be a part of investing in the next generation. And lastly, we have, I'm super excited about it. Um, we have the Pendel School of Ministry here at Calvary Church. It's just a, a deeper dive into scripture and into, into God's word. That takes place the second Saturday of, of, of every month. And again, going back to what I said earlier, the Apostle Paul, upon hearing of Timothy's character, upon hearing who Timothy was, hearing those words, he put it to action. And before life gets busy today, before the Steelers play at one o'clock, before you go on to lunch, whatever the case may be, I just ask you, because we believe in this so much, to sign up for a group before you leave the sanctuary. Maybe you have a heart to lead a group Connect with some of the staff. We'll gladly walk you through that process. You can invest in other people whether you're a leader of a group or not. Listening to this, I ask you boldly from a platform to put action to it. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that we are able to, to gather collectively, uh, worship you. God, that you are more than worthy of our worship. God, I thank you for, for opportunities to, to look at relationships throughout Scripture. God, that you have people in our lives that are willing to invest in us. God, I'm asking on behalf of everybody, either here in house or watching online, God, give us opportunities to in turn invest in other people. God, whether that's through groups, whether that's through just our normal everyday life, God, help us be just the vessel to invest in other people, to invest in the next generation. God, I ask that you challenge some people here this morning, maybe that are a little uneasy about joining a group or getting out of their comfort zone. God, I ask that you speak to them, God, that you kind of stir their heart for them just to say yes. Yes to just join a group. You're not having a long-term commitment. You are just saying yes to relationships. God, I thank you for every single person here this morning. I thank you for every single person watching online. God, I ask this week that you give us opportunities to experience your goodness, to experience your grace, to experience your love, God. And in return, again, show that to people around us, whether that's a workplace, the grocery store, a gas station, whatever that case may be. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for being in relationship with us. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 